0: Father, we give you praise this morning for your presence in this place. Yes. Your word declares that in your presence is fullness of joy. Thank you, Father. We tap into that this morning. Yes, Lord. Yes. We declare that our hearts are full of joy. No matter what's going on around us, we refuse to allow it to steal our joy. But yes. we know our God reigns. And we know that our God is far greater than any adversity we will ever experience. Thank you, Lord, for giving me utterance this morning. To speak boldly as I ought to speak. And may your word flow freely. May your anointing flow freely. And may it do what it's designed to do. Destroy every yoke of bondage. In Jesus' name. We receive that, and we give you praise for it, and this is time to give the Lord a great shout. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Open your Bibles, if you will, to Third John. Third John. I have to preach in a quick. It's one of them fast sermons. I don't want anybody leaving, rushing to the cafeteria while I'm preaching. So we'll do our best to cover it all. And uh, I believe I have some important things to share with you. Now, before we read 1st or 3rd John, I want to ask a question this morning that I've asked this congregation many times in the past. And that question is this, how many of you truly want God's best in your life? Look your neighbor and tell him, I want God's best, want God's best. and I'll not, I'll not settle for anything less. Now, wouldn't you agree with me that this is exactly what God wants for us? Yes. His best. Amen. I believe nothing pleases Him more than when He sees you and I living in the fullness of His blessing. The Apostle John understood this. And by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wrote the verse that we are about to read, and you're all familiar with it. But it begins in verse 1, the elder unto the beloved or well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the brethren, or love in the truth rather. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Notice it's important, I believe, that we recognize that this is written by an elder, an elder statesman. This is written by actually the only disciple, original disciple with the original 12 that is still living when he wrote this. He has walked with Jesus for many, many years. I think he knows the mind of the Lord. And I don't think that he would write something out of order that didn't agree with God's will. In fact, the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So we know that John is receiving inspiration from the Holy Spirit. And if anybody knows the mind of God, it's the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Amen. So notice here he says, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. And be in health, even as thy soul prosperous. Above all things would imply that this is more important than anything else. Above all things, it's priority. Now, once again, we're reading from what we believe, according to Scripture, is the mind of the Lord. And God is saying to us that nothing is more important to Him than that we prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. Now, if that's important to him, why wouldn't it be important to us? Yet there are so many people in the body of Christ that don't believe this. You know, some people are convinced and they've been lied to by religious tradition that God loves poverty. I've heard it said, God and poverty are linked together with a short rope. That's simply not true. If God loved poverty so much, then why was Jesus made a curse? For us. Amen? Why would Jesus be sent to the cross to pay the price for Adam's transgression so that we could be restored into God's best as Adam had lived before sin came? No, that's simply not true. God is not... The author of poverty and God is not the author of sickness and disease. The Bible says, I wish above all things, or I desire as some other translations say above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Now notice he goes on to say, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. So apparently Living in prosperity and living in divine health, John considers it to be truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Now, if this was not truth, if this is not what God desires, and it's not God's best for our life, then why would John, an apostle, a long standing apostle, Endeavor to perpetrate a lie. This is truth. Look at your neighbor and say, it is a truth. God wants you to prosper. And God wants you to live in health. Tell somebody else, it is a truth. That God wants you to prosper. And God wants you to live in health. The Passion Translation says, prospering in every way and continually enjoying Good health. Prospering in every way, not just financially. Amen. Uh, A prosperous life and enjoying good health. And you don't have to choose between one or the other. You can have them both. Amen. You can have them both. Prosperity and good health. So we say from what we're reading here that prosperity and health are God's best for each and every one of us. And notice once again, he refers to prosperity and health as walking in truth. So don't ever let anybody convince you that God doesn't want you to prosper, that God doesn't want you to live in health. That's just simply not true. Now, the Bible tells us in James chapter 1, and verse 17, that every good and every perfect gift comes from the Father above. Consider prosperity and health as a good and perfect gift. And notice where it originates. From the Father above. Good health comes from God. Prosperity comes from God. Can you say amen? Look, not you never say, I'm liking this already. <laughs> amen. Look at prosperity and good health as a gift from God. A gift from God. And when somebody offers you the gift, how do you receive it? Reach out and receive it. <laughs> Amen. Say it. Thank you. I take that. Amen. I was preaching with Brother Copeland here recently in a meeting up in Sacramento, California. And after the service, a couple came up to me And said, Brother Jerry, we've followed your ministry for years and years. We love your ministry. And and, uh, we just want to be a blessing to you today. I said, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I didn't say, I don't deserve it. (laughs) I'm not worthy. They said, my ministry has been a blessing to them for many years. And we just want to bless you today. I said, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And before they ever did what they were going to do, I said, I receive it. And then he said, I'm an executive, or I work with, uh, Cheesecake Factory. And I know you and your wife like Cheesecake Factory. So here's a gift. And he gave me a stack this high of free Cheesecake Factory gift cards. Amen. I received them. I've already used many of them. I gave Richard some of them. Hallelujah. Did you receive them? Did you receive them? Absolutely. All right. Praise God. <laughs> and then not too long after that, I was preaching Brother Copeland again. And this couple showed up again. And they said, Brother Jerry, have you used all those gift cards yet? I said, no, not yet. They said, well, we, don't, we want to make sure you don't run out. So here's another stack of them received them. <laughs> Amen. I'm looking for cheesecake factories all over the nation, hallelujah. And I know where many of them are. Amen. When God is offering you a gift, don't fuss about it. Don't fuss with it. Receive it. Now I learned this from Richard Roberts' daddy, Oral Roberts, many times when I had the privilege of being with him <clears throat> and when he and Evelyn would come stay in our home. Carolyn, I would always like to take them to lunch somewhere, a nice place, you know. And then uh, many times I'd say to Brother Roberts, uh, Brother Roberts, uh, if you don't mind, if you have time today, I'd like to buy you a new suit. And he always responded the same way. If you insist. <laughs> if you insist. I've learned to say that when people say, uh, Brother Jerry, I'd like to bless you if you insist. Brother Joe, I'd like to give you this if you insist. Amen. I didn't ask them for it. They was offering it as a gift. God is offering to you, because he loves you, prosperity and good health. You missed a wonderful opportunity to say, if you insist. Amen. Lift your hands and say, Lord, if you insist, then I receive it. And give him praise in advance for it. Amen. Amen. Now, just ask the poor man, is poverty good? Ask the sick man, is sickness and poor health good? I don't care what they know about the Bible or what they don't know about the Bible. If they're honest, they will immediately tell you, No, being poor is not good. And not having good health is not good. Amen? Amen? So every good gift comes from above. Psalm 119, verse 68. We've shared this verse with you in times past. It says, speaking of God, Thou art good, and you doest good. Or you do good. The message translation says... You are good and you're the source of good. God is the source of good. I I like to say it this way. If it's not good, then it's not God. Amen. If there are bad things happening in your life, God's not behind it. God's not the author of it. Contrary to what religious tradition has told the body of Christ. He's not behind it. He didn't author it. And you don't have to accept it, praise God. Can you say amen? amen? You are good and you are the source of good. The word source means where something begins or where it originates. So good things originate from God. Way back in the first chapter of the book of Genesis, when God was creating the earth And everything in it. Many times you will find after he created something, it will say, and it was good. And he'll create something else, and it was good. And he'll create something else, and it was good. Amen. When he created Adam, it was good. When he created Eve, it was good. The only thing that was bad was before he created Eve. He said, it's not good that man should be alone. And I want to repeat that for people that are watching. It's not good for a man to be alone. I will create for him a helpmate. And Adam called her a woman. A woman. Now I'd say it's not good for a man and a man. in the beginning God didn't create Adam and Steve he created Adam and Eve I'm sure I'll get some ugly letters but I'm going to tell you in advance I'm not going to read them so I'm just telling you what the Bible says amen everything God creates is good Well, I've already got into this. I might as well keep on. I'm thinking about starting a campaign. I'm going to print t-shirts. I'm going to print bookmarks. And I'm just going to simply call it, We Were Here First. (laughs) <laughs> All that other stuff didn't happen until sin came. Right. Amen. Come on, Amen. Okay, I better move on. Once again, the Bible says God is good and he is the source of good. Now, this is what Solomon was referring to. When he wrote in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22. The blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich. And he addeth no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich. What is Solomon saying? He is attributing the blessing of of the Lord. To prosperity. When you have the blessing of the Lord on your life. It has the potential of making you rich. Rich is not a bad word. Learn to use it. Even if it sticks in your throat. Just keep at it and it will come out. Rich. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich. Solomon is saying that rich comes from God. And the blessing of God. Rich can be defined as having an abundant supply. If you have a hard time saying rich, just say, I have an abundant supply. Amen. Solomon also wrote in Proverbs four twenty through 22. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, For they are life under those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Notice Solomon not only attributed prosperity to God and the blessing of God, he's now attributing health to God and to his word. Notice God's word produces health. You could say it's the source of health. If you need healing in your body, go to the word. It's medicine to your flesh, another translation says. So here we find that Solomon is stating that prosperity and health comes from God. Amen. Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent his word and healed them. Notice the word will bring healing to your body. And since prosperity and health are both from God and we are children of God, then it is our privilege to enjoy both prosperity and health. Can you say amen? Amen. And I'll drink to that. (laughs) First Timothy chapter six, verse 17 says, God giveth all things to enjoy. God gives us prosperity for our enjoyment. God gives us health for our enjoyment amen What what is having money and not having good health you know Aristotle Onassis was one of the richest men in the world he could buy his own hospital and he could pay for the best doctors in the world but all his money couldn't buy his health so you say well uh You know, I I don't want prosperity, but I'd sure like to have good health. Why not have them both? They're gifts from God. And it's His best for your life. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, in Luke chapter 4, go there with me, please. And I'm endeavoring to rush through this. Luke chapter 4. And notice Jesus in the synagogue stands up and finds the place where it was written. And we know that he's quoting Isaiah. And notice it says in verse 18. Now let's back up to verse 17. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Now get the picture of this. He he doesn't have a Bible like this. It's a scroll. And he found the place. He turns the pages of that scroll. Now, traditionally, it was left open to what the rabbi would speak on next. After what they had heard the previous week. But apparently Jesus turned to the place and found the place that it was written. And then he begins to read to them. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach... The acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of them all in the synagogue were focused on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And notice verse 22. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. He said, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears today. They were somewhat shocked. And they wondered about these gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. And one of the things that really shocked them was that he was identifying himself as the man that Isaiah was prophesying about. In other words, after he said that, he as much as said, I am he that Isaiah was speaking of. Yes. The one he was speaking of is in your midst today. Now that didn't sit well with them. In fact, they made him so mad, they took him outside and tried to push him off a cliff. But the Bible says he turned in the midst of them and just walked away. But notice what he said in these verses. If you, if you look at it closely, he is saying that I am anointed by God to preach prosperity to the poor. I'm anointed by God to preach healing to the sick. I'm anointed by God to heal not only broken hearts, but heal broken bodies. Yes. Then when he said, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, that's a reference to Leviticus chapter 25, which was known as the year of Jubilee. And in the year of Jubilee, all debts were canceled. Yes. Somebody said, send us a Jubilee, praise God. Jubilee. <laughs> well, I have good news for you. Jesus is saying... Jubilee is no longer a period in time. Jubilee is now a person and I am that person. Amen. Amen. So notice right here at the beginning of his ministry, he makes it very clear that I am anointed by God to preach prosperity and I'm anointed by God to preach healing. That's God's best for his people. Amen. Amen. And then In Acts chapter 10, go there with me very quickly. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. Peter makes this declaration. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good. If you haven't highlighted that phrase, do so, underline it, mark it. He went about doing good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Amen. If healing was not of God. Then Jesus and God are in opposition. But the Bible says. While he was healing the sick. God was with him. God backed it. God ordained it. Why? Because it's His best for His people. Prosperity and health. I think you ought to give the Lord a good shout if you believe it, please do. Amen. Now, did you catch the phrase healing all who were oppressed of the devil? Oppressed here implies burdened down psychologically, mentally, physically, and financially. Jesus went about healing all that were oppressed. Burdened down psychologically, mentally, physically, and or financially. And notice also that by healing those who were experiencing this, then it was referred to as a manifestation of the goodness of God. Healing is a manifestation of the goodness of God. Prosperity is a manifestation of God of the goodness of God. Say it with me. Healing is a manifestation of the goodness of God. Prosperity is a manifestation of the goodness of God. Can you say amen to that? Praise God. That's what God wants to do for everybody in this room. Why? Because God is good. Amen. God is good. He was good then, and He's good now. Hallelujah. God's goodness conveys His great love and His generosity toward His people. He's not just good sometimes. He's infinitely good, meaning all the time. And the Bible says, He changes not. His goodness is without end. It's boundless. It's immeasurable. By nature, he longs to bring joy and happiness and blessing and prosperity and divine health to all who love him. And I happen to be one who loves him. Anybody else in here love God today? First Chronicles sixteen thirty four says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. Psalm 145 verse 9, The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. Psalm 33, 5. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Psalm 34, 8, Oh, taste and see. The Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. Nahum chapter 1, verse 7. The Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. Everywhere. This says God is good, then praise God, you dare to believe it. Amen. No matter what anybody else says, I don't know where they're getting their inspiration, but the Bible and its authors are getting their inspiration from God. Amen. Somebody said, well, brother so-and-so said, well, I'm not going to base my faith on what brother so-and-so said. I'm going to base my faith on what Brother David said, what Brother John said, what Brother Paul said. Yeah. Amen? Amen. They were inspired by God. Yes. And some other brothers are not necessarily inspired by God. <laughs> God never runs out of goodness. Never runs out of goodness. Exodus 34, 6. The Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness, and truth Abundant Everybody say abundant The little word for abundant Is overflowing and running over God is abundant in goodness He overflows with goodness You know This is probably not the best example I can come up with But it's all I can think of at the moment How I many of you have seen that commercial That little Pillsbury Doughboy And you touch him and he giggles God is overflowing with goodness you get close to him and it overflows on you he giggles (laughs) amen there's still plenty of goodness for everybody in this room and everybody in the world God will never run out of goodness now, you remember what the Lord said to us coming into 2021, that it would be a year of abundant overflow. Yes, yes. And then later the Lord said to me that it would be a year of an unprecedented outpouring of the goodness of God. An unprecedented outpouring of the goodness of God. Meaning, even though you've already experienced God's goodness in many ways, what, you're about to, uh, what what's about to take place you've never experienced before. Not quite like this. An unprecedented outpouring of the goodness of God. And that includes prosperity and health. Now, why don't we know, Justin preached a marvelous message this morning and talking about God doing great things. And I heard him mention the word several times, expect, expectant. What are you expecting this year? Because it's a proven fact you get exactly what you expect. If you expect to stay the same, then you'll stay the same. If you expect to increase, then it's highly probable you'll increase. If you expect to go to another level in prosperity, then it's highly probable you will. If you expect to have better health this year, then it's highly probable you will. You get what you expect. Amen. I'm expecting... An unprecedented outpouring of the goodness of God. Amen. I'm going to say it again. I'm expecting an unprecedented outpouring of the goodness of God. Now God's already been good to me. Oh, has he ever been good to me? But I haven't seen it all yet and neither of you. And according to the scripture, it's being held in reserve. And I believe it's being held in reserve for a specific generation that will be on planet earth just before the appearing of the Lord. And I have reason to believe that's us. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Now, one of the reasons why I was impressed to have this meeting, this special meeting this weekend with me preaching in this service and Brother Richard Roberts preaching tonight is because of this prophetic word, an unprecedented outpouring of the goodness of God. There are many of you in here, and people watching by way of internet, people that will be watching uh, later down the road when it's continually aired, that need healing in their body. And many that are believing for prosperity. The Bible says... In the 16th chapter of Mark, after Jesus sent the disciples out, he said, they went everywhere, preaching everywhere. God working with them and confirming the word with signs following. God always confirms the word with signs following. He doesn't confirm tradition. He doesn't confirm religious tradition. He confirms his word. With signs following. So I'm expecting him to do just that. Because I'm anointed to preach the gospel. He sent me. He sent Richard to preach the gospel. And the gospel is good news. Now, I have been preaching, as most of you well know. I've been preaching with Kenneth Copeland for over 50 years. We've preached together all over the world. And we're still doing so. And he's told me numerous times that the strongest anointing that he notices on me is when I'm preaching on the laws, God's laws of prosperity and favor. Now, most of you are aware that Richard Roberts is the son of Oral Roberts. And Oral Roberts had a strong anointing on his life and ministry for healing and miracles. God raised him up and said, take healing to your generation. And that's exactly what he did. And now his son, Richard, who is with us today and will be with us tonight, has that same anointing on him and is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. We've talked about this. Now, he operates in it a little differently than his father did. Back in Brother Robert's day, uh, God anointed his right arm, his right hand. And, and he felt as though he had to get his right hand on you for you to receive that anointing that was on him. And he laid his hands on, what, two million people at least during those years of those large tent crusades. And I still watch films of those old crusades. And sometimes I, I, I wind up in tears just watching the anointing and watching the miracles that took place. Amen. Now, Richard operates somewhat differently. He brings healing, or God brings healing through him by word of knowledge. You know, I I studied under T.L. Osborne's ministry when I began to launch out into world evangelism. In the early days of my ministry, I would go to Tulsa. Uh, T.L. Osborne's Office headquarters were in Tulsa. He also had a museum there. And before I ever met Brother Osborne, I would go to his ministry headquarters and I would ask the people there, "Surely, all these crusades that Brother Osborne has done were were on. Uh, they were recorded. You've got them on film. Yes." I said, "Is it possible for me to watch some of them?" And and they allowed me to do that. And I watched. Now, Brother Osborne. He had thousands and thousands of people in an open air crusade. I mean, just as far as you could see, people. And I don't remember watching one film where he laid hands on anybody. But he had mass healings. And he would say, just before he got ready to minister healing, if Jesus is indeed alive today, Then let him do again what he did before they crucified him. And boy, the miracle working power would flow. The anointing would flow. And I'm telling you the miracles that would take place, the anointing would be like waves on the ocean. It just run through that crowd. Amen. I I learned what I know about world evangelism from Brother Osborne. And then later when I had the privilege of meeting him and spending time with him, I, I, I got to tell him that Everything I've done, particularly in Africa, I based it on what I learned from your ministry. So he was one of my mentors. Yeah. Amen. But he had mass healings and very seldom ever touched anybody. Brother Roberts touched them. Brother Hagen quite often touched them. When I started out in ministry, I touched them. But there are different administrations. There's a variety of ways to bring healing to the body of Christ. And that's one of the reasons why I thought it was important for Richard and I to do this special meeting this weekend, because there is an anointing on me to preach prosperity. There is an anointing on him to preach healing and miracles. Amen. So if you need prosperity, you're in the right place. If you need healing, you're in the right place. Hallelujah. I get testimonies all the time of people that, that uh, were, in, were, were living in, in lack and destitute and, and began to hear the messages that I've preached on prosperity and totally changed their lives. Amen. And many of them have become partners with me. And, and when they couldn't do one thing before, now they're sowing abundantly, praise God. One man told me years ago, uh, and I knew his father. He was a very successful businessman. But after his father died, uh, the businesses that the, the family owned, they were they were going down the tubes. And the son, the oldest son, took over the businesses. And he told me one time. He said, he said uh, the businesses are going down the tube. And he said, and I got your book on from devastation to restoration. He said, I'm, I, I've read it three times now. That book's about this thick. He said, I've read it three times now. And he said, and I'm telling you, Jerry Seville, God's going to bring me out of this. And when he does, I'm going to bless your ministry big time. Yeah. Now, this, this was a family that was accustomed to wealth. They were affluent in this city. And uh, they were partners with many ministries. But now they're... They're suffering financially and about to lose it all. And it wasn't long after that, we received in our ministry a check for $250,000. And the note, God has turned it around. And then sometime later, we received another check for $300,000. God's still turning it around. Before that man went home to be with the Lord, he had put... And one time, he put a million dollars all at one time. Oh man! I looked at that check; I couldn't even talk in English anymore. Hallelujah! A million dollars. But before he went home to be with the Lord, over a period of time, he had put two point one million dollars in our ministry. Going from losing it all. Amen. And I I don't have the testimony of all these people giving a million dollars to the ministry, but I have untold testimonies of people who have prospered as a result of setting on the anointing that is on this ministry. Amen. Amen. So that's why I felt it was important because we're, we're halfway into the year now. We still got a few months left. Still have time for you to prosper and to enjoy better health. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Amen. Now, the Bible says in Acts chapter 14, verses 8 through 10, Paul is preaching. And there was a man who heard Paul preach. And it says, Paul perceived that he had faith to be healed. Now, how did this faith to be healed come into this man? Well, it's very clear. He heard Paul preach. He heard Paul preach. And what does the Bible say? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing... By the Word of God. If you're listening to me this morning, then it is quite possible that God is increasing your faith for prosperity. He's increasing your faith for healing. Hallelujah. How many of you could use some more prosperity? Anybody in here could use some more better health? <laughs> Amen. Then why don't we do it the Bible way? Here... Let faith come. And then Jesus said, be it unto thee according to thy faith. Yeah. Here, let faith come, and be it unto thee according to thy faith. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Receiving from God is not hard. Religion makes it hard. Here, Amen. What's next? Come on, say it out loud. I'm kind of getting the feeling where Justin said say your name this morning (laughs) and nobody was saying their name he said do you know your name (laughs) Now, I I just told you I want you to repeat it what happened he heard Paul preach and then what happened faith came and then what happens be it unto thee according to your faith say it again So lift your hands right now and say, be it unto me, according to my faith. I have faith for prosperity. I have faith for healing. I receive it. And give the Lord a great shout for it. Hallelujah. I like how the message translation reads here. It says, the man was ripe for God's work. <laughs> the man was ripe for God's work. I, I, I've had that happen many times while I was preaching. And it's almost like you could see the light turn on. Yeah. Now, you know, when I was growing up, particularly when I I was born in Mississippi on a farm in a very rural area and, and when grandpa finally got lights in the house, electricity in the house, we didn't have it at first, but when he got electricity in the house, you had to pull a string. How I many of you remember that? You had to pull the string and the light came on. And grandpa, he was so miserly. He, he thought every time we pulled that string and the light came on, it was it was burning money up. <laughs> Sometimes I'd be in, when we finally got the restroom in the house. Any of you remember outhouses? Oh, that's what I grew up in, outhouse. Well, I didn't grow up in the outhouse, but <laughs> but we had one. We had one when I was growing up. <laughs> and then when we, when, when, when grandpa finally put, you know, toilet facilities in the house. Now, we had a shotgun house. You could stand at the front door and look all the way through the other end of the house. And then there were rooms on each side. You know? And when he finally put the toilet facilities in the house, and we got those lights and pulled a string, I'd go in there to use the toilet. I didn't have to go to the outhouse anymore. And I'm in there, and the lights would go out. I said, Grandpa, I'm not done yet. He said, Boy... You're burning up money. You stand in there too long. Well, I ain't done yet. <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But I ain't poor no more. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. I, I like this. He says, this man was ripe for God's work. Amen. If you hear the word, mix your faith with it. Then be it unto thee according to your faith. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. If thou canst believe, all things are possible To him that believeth. The apostle Paul quoting David said in 2 Corinthians 4.13. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So one of the primary ways that we release our faith is by words. We speak it. Amen. So I want to challenge you as you're leaving this place this morning. On your way to the car. On your way to the restaurant, on on your way home, speak the word. Speak the word. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Many times when I'm preaching this way and I have time in meetings outside, um, I will lay hands on every person in the building. And I've done it with as many as five thousand people. Made hands on them, and 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 prayed for prosperity. Now we don't have time to do that this morning, but I want to read a prayer that I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to pray it this morning. And if T. L. Osborne could have mass miracles without laying hands on anybody, then why can't we have mass prosperity? Come on. Amen. Now, let me read these verses first. First John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And we know that if he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we've desired of him. So notice we have confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, then He hears us. And we know that His Word reveals His will. Therefore, we must always base our prayer on what we see in His Word. Uh, This last couple of weeks on my special uh, program, Back to the Basics, I've been teaching on the basics of prayer, and I've been talking about how we make God's Word His part of our prayer life. Amen. Because if you are praying according to the Word, then you're never going to pray amiss. You're never going to, never going to pray out of order, so to speak. Making God's Word his part of our prayer life. So with this in mind, what does these words say? I don't have time to read all the Scriptures, but just one. Psalm thirty-five twenty-seven. And once again, it reveals God's best for our lives. Let those who favor my righteous cause shout for joy and be glad. Let them say continually. Let them say continually. Let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of His servant. Woo. Hallelujah. Woo. You can't get it much plainer than that. God takes pleasure In the prosperity of His servant. Hallelujah. When you're prospering, God's happy. God's glad. Amen. And I don't ever want to make Him sad. So I believe I'll just prosper. Hallelujah. So notice here, we can pray based on what we have just seen in the Word. That our prosperity... Brings God pleasure. Therefore, I'm going to pray how I saw David pray in Psalm 118, verse 25. Save now, I beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, sin now, prosperity. Yes, sir. Simple prayer. Yes, sir. You don't have to be a theologian. A simple prayer. David knew that it was the will of God for him to prosper. Amen. And now he's praying accordingly. Lord, sin, now, prosperity. How many of you need prosperity now? Then wouldn't this be an appropriate prayer? Amen. Sin, now, prosperity. And then closing it with Mark 11, 24, what things forever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Amen. So my job this morning is to pray for your prosperity. Brother Roberts is going to be administering healing to you tonight. Why? Because prosperity and healing, good health, are God's best for his people. Amen. And remember this, as I mentioned before, prosperity and health are manifestations of the goodness of God. And what is God telling us? This is going to be a year for an outpouring, an unprecedented outpouring of his goodness. There are more of you going to prosper this year like you've never prospered before. And there are more of you going to live in better health than you've ever lived before. Praise God. Stand under your feet if you receive it. All right, lift your hands and I'm going to pray. In the name of Jesus, I stretch my hands out over this congregation and I draw upon the anointing of God that is on my life and ministry. And Lord, I'm reminding you of what has been said by some of my mentors and particularly Kenneth Copeland. That the strongest anointing that has been seen on my life and ministry is when I'm teaching on prosperity and favor. And now I tap into that anointing and I pray in Jesus' name for every person within the sound of my voice. And Lord, since it is your will that they prosper. Since it is your will that they live in good health. Since it is your word that declares you get pleasure out of the prosperity of your people, then I'm praying according to what I saw David pray in the Psalms and he simply said, Lord, sin, now, prosperity. Sin, now, prosperity. And your part is, if you believe you receive when you pray, start praising him, praise God. Start praising him. You, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How would you act if you really, truly, really, truly, really, truly? believed, prosperity is coming now. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them, this is my year to enter greater level of prosperity and divine health in jesus name amen and amen all right praise god